Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKFIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Marinero, the sick podcast. What a pleasure tonight's show is going to be. What an honor. It's not every day you have a three-time NBA champion, and we have that right now. Inside the Green Room with Danny Green offers an inside look into the life of current NBA veteran Danny Green, co-hosted by Danny Green and Harrison Sanford. The duo uncovers stories of an NBA player who has won NBA titles and a national championship, but at one point found himself fighting for a spot in the league. Make sure to check it out. Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. Episodes can be found on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. Danny Green, what an honor. Thanks for doing this, man. Oh, pleasure's all mine. Thank you guys for having me, man. It's, uh, it's amazing to go, you know, talk to people from Canada. Uh, I know you guys are on lockdown. Um, you know, as I've been back to Montreal, I know you're from Montreal, but it's an amazing yeah. city. I've had a wonderful time there, but it's always good to, you know, talk to my fellow Canadians. Well, thank you so much, and it's good to talk to you. He is the money man from Three Point Land. Danny Green, what a great nickname. It's one of my favorites, to tell you the truth. Danny, in high school, you played basketball and you played football. Yep, you were a quarterback. Mm -hmm. I have to ask you, had you chosen football, do you think you would have made it? And if so, what kind of a career do you think you would have had? Uh, I think the reason I chose basketball is because I think I was a little better at it. I think I would have done well. Um, I don't know how long my career would have been, um, knowing that football with injuries and how much of a contact sport it is. Um, so that's another reason why I chose basketball. Uh, but I think I would have done pretty well. But I, I think I chose the right sport uh, thus far. But, but yes, I do have many nicknames. I guess one of those is them. Um, hopefully I keep up. You know, hopefully make some keep continue to make some shots. But um, love the new nicknames. Love all the nicknames you guys give me. Um, have some good ones in Philly. Have some good ones in LA. Uh, but yeah, so far, man, I'm enjoying the season. I'm enjoying, uh, I guess, having fans back. Yeah. Um, you know, and everything that comes with the the league and the new world that we live in now today. So, um, yeah, man, having a lot of fun right now. Good. In college, three seasons in North Carolina, championship in your Caesar, in your senior season in 09. A few days ago, Coach Williams announced his retirement from mm -hmm. an amazing coaching career that lasted over 33 years as a head coach. What did you learn from him, Danny? I learned a ton from him, um, you know, not just about basketball, but off the court, how to be a man, how to be responsible, how to do things the right way. Um, and I've, I've gotten now I got a chance to let it sink in a little bit and obviously they're starting to figure out who is going to get the next job and who to hire. Um, so yeah, I, I've been with the process. They keep me updated what's going on. Uh, but coach Williams meant a lot to not just me, but the whole organization and the world of basketball um, itself, you know, college basketball, high school, you know, basketball kids um, that have been recruited by him or, you know, look up to him and try to get recruited by him. Um, so it's a big change in the world um, with him being gone. So um, I, I wish him the, the best. I wish him well. I hope he's at peace, and uh, I hope that we can, you know, fill his shoes with somebody that's, you know, at least at least half as decent because uh, he's been an amazing, you know, not just coach but a man uh, for us youngins, you know, coming through that organization. Well said, Danny. What an amazing career you've had. So many ups and downs, and I'm going to talk about both if you don't mind. But drafted by Cleveland, second round, 46th overall. You're waived the following season. You're picked up by San Antonio. Two mm -hmm. games and six days later, you're waived. How much did that weigh on you mentally? Were you ready for that setback? I don't think anybody's ready for any of those setbacks, man. Um, but with the things that I've gone through in life within college and high school, 
uh, I was able to process and handle it because uh, I've been through, all of us have been through different things. Uh, but I guess fortunate, unfortunate and fortunately for me, I've been through the harder parts of my life before that. Um, so yeah, it, it was something that caught me by surprise. Uh, I was you know, uh, shocked and, and, and not knowing what to do, but I, you know, I figured it out I had a good foundation, I had a good family, I had a good uh, you know, base around me that uh, kept me motivated, kept me encouraged. And um, you know, found my way back in, so I could continue to work, uh, continue to stay positive, and, and wait for my opportunity. But you know, it was a tough go around. It was a tough stretch for me. Uh, but said so if I didn't have my my family and friends around me to, to keep me encouraged, I don't know where I would be. He's Danny Green, and this is the Sick Podcast. is brought to you by my bookie. Use code Sick Picks for a fifty percent deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. All right. Speaking of the Spurs, they re-sign you in March. They recall you in April. Then there's a lockout. You go play in Slovenia. Um, during the lockout season you come back you have a breakout season after that what do you attribute the turnaround to i'm just learning from the professionals in, in front of me um with tony tim and manu um and obviously playing for pop uh, the coaching staff was amazing they groomed us they you know kept us very professional and alert uh, very aware um you know sense of urgency um and keeping that sense of urgency throughout my whole time there throughout my career has kept me a job and kept me more focused and locked in. So to be able to do that and learn that from them um, definitely helped me with, you know, getting that turnaround and, and be able to, you know, being a guy that's, you know, on the verge of being out the league to being a rotational player. Um, and it took, a, a you know, it wasn't, it didn't happen overnight. It took two a day practices for a process of throughout the whole year, um, which said I had my coach chat for a year, Will Hardy, those guys with me, you know, every day uh, of, of working on my mental and my, my physical and obviously the, the techniques of everything that I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, it, it was it was a process, but, you know, I'm, I'm lucky I had those guys around me. Danny, they say in sports you have to learn how to lose before you can learn how to win and maybe go through some of those trials and tribulations and a deep playoff run, maybe even losing in the finals. 2013, uh, you're going to hate talking about this, but if you can, the Spurs are up 3-2 versus the Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're up 95-92. I know you know what I'm talking about. LeBron mm-hmm. misses a shot. Offensive rebound to Bosch, who distributes to Allen, who hits the three with five seconds left. The Heat win in overtime. They go ahead and they, they win game seven in San Antonio. They win the championship. Greg Popovic was asked at the time why the team didn't foul Chris Bosch. Eight years later, Danny Green, I ask you, why didn't the team foul Chris Bosch? That's a good question, man. I think it happened so fast that he got the rebound that we couldn't even chance to. Um, we were all trying to get the ball. By the time we turned around and figured out he got it, he already had gotten it to Ray. And at that point, you don't want to foul him on a three-point shot. Um, but it was a tough play, man. It happened. It's crazy. It's something that we'll never forget or ever get over. Uh, but I've been fortunate and lucky enough to make it back a couple extra other times after that and be able to win. Um, but so that life, that life lesson of, of learning how to lose or be in that situation of losing has always kept that chip on my shoulder to be prepared and learn from it to be able to win in the future. Danny, that's incredible. You just said, I'll never forget it. But the following year, you have a rematch versus the Heat and you win your first NBA championship in five games. And so once the celebrating ended, I have to ask you, what did you think of at that moment? Did you not think of redemption? And does that championship not erase the bad memory of the year before? Uh, it never, nothing ever erases bad memories. Um, but it did help. Um, but of course, w- once we got a chance to celebrate, um, and enjoy it, um, it, it definitely is one of those things that, you know, we were uh, happy about. Um, but it said it didn't erase that. We felt like we probably should have had two at the time. Um, but you know, don't want to be greedy, but we enjoyed that one. It was definitely, you know, uh, one of those moments that's hard to describe in words, 
of how surreal it was and said how much how satisfying how gratifying it was to be able to win but not only not only win but win against the team that beat us the year before uh so that's what made it that, that much sweeter one of the things i've had a chance to see on youtube and so many people have seen it you've probably seen it too now here's another one that i have to ask you about if you could take me behind the scenes but years later you're down by two points versus Brooklyn. There's about 25 seconds left in the game. Mm-hmm. Coach Popovich is, is motioning to you and to the team. Don't foul. You foul. He goes off on you. Mm-hmm. I have to ask you, Danny, what did he say to you? Mm-hmm. And how intimidating is it or not when you have a coach who goes off on you and on the team like that? Uh, it was years ago, man. So I don't remember exact words, but I can imagine what he was saying. And it's not probably very nice words but it's not the first time it wasn't the last time probably won't be the last time i still talk to him he's still you know very much a family member of mine still like a really, yeah. I, I check on him um and he'll tell me oh, get your ass in gear uh from the sidelines or what he's watching you know play some defense um but he congratulated me on my, my last couple of wins and we've spoken congratulated him on you know his wins he's been i was playing uh, coaching for so many so many years and for good reason he's been successful um but yeah so he definitely said something to me that probably wasn't very uh, nice. It was probably a little harsh, and um, said it was something I was used to at that time. But you know, him to be able to do that, um, and me, I'm gonna say not be phased by it, but I said to be able to take that criticism and be able to come back and still continue to perform. Uh, most guys will go into a shell, uh, but he had you know it's a tough love that uh, motivated us and pushed us that we were we had that appropriate fear of him and other team to where it would help us perform at a higher level. It's a sick podcast. I'm Marinero. He's Danny Green, the money man for Three Point Land. You can go to sportbuffshop.com for all of your officially licensed sports apparel and more. Use code SICKHOODIES15 for 15% off on all hoodies. After many years in San Antonio and an NBA championship, you get traded to Toronto along with Kawhi Leonard. What was your opinion of Toronto at the time? Uh, I always loved it, man. It was always one of the f- most fun cities to ever visit. Uh, and also, it was close to New York where I'm from, so it was an opportunity for me to be closer to home, uh, play for a country that, that's been amazing to me and a, a place that I love to visit and call home. Uh, obviously, it's different when you're living there than when you're visiting. Uh, so I had to live through the winter. Even you know, Visiting is always fun, but living through it was a little different. But I enjoyed my time there. It was a, it's a vibrant city, amazing people, and uh, amazing fans, man. I, I had a blast. And I you know, forever you know, have a, a, a home there, hopefully, in cold Toronto, you know, close to heart. You're now a 76er, so it's probably ironic that I talk to you about this now. But at the time, that famous shot by Kawhi versus the 76ers, for Canadians, especially Torontonians, it felt like the world stopped for a couple of seconds. For someone who was involved in that game, what did it feel like for you? It was like a movie, just like that. Um, That shot on live TV, I guess it only happened in about a second or two, but when we were there, it, it seemed like it was all 10 seconds of how long it took for that ball to drop. And it seemed like everything stopped like in a movie dr- dramatically. Everything got very quiet to see if that ball was going to drop. And when it finally dropped in, you know, the place went nuts. But um, like I said, it was just like a movie scene and, and like the world stopped for a, a, a really long time when it, in, in real time it was probably happening in about a second and a half. But for us, the world stopped for a good, you know, 20, 30 seconds. We're just sitting there waiting and watching. A final of the Raptors versus the Warriors. And I'm wondering, in the mind of an athlete, everyone was talking about how strong Golden State was back then. But do you go into these finals skeptical? Do you actually go in worried that you're going to lose? Or in your head, are you always thinking that you're going to win? I don't think you can go in worried. You go in, uh, you know, try to be as healthy as you possibly can, figure out the game plan and attack, uh, go out, go in aggressively, just like you attack any other game. 
Um, you know, luckily for us, we were 100% healthy. They weren't, uh, which was unfortunate. But uh, regardless of the fact that you can't go in that way, you go in, you know, guns blazing, and whatever happens, happens at the end of the day. Did you know that Kawhi wasn't going to resign in Toronto, or how close was it, and how close was it for you? Like, did your decision actually depend on Kawhi and the future of the organization? Uh, I did not know what his decision was. I had no clue. And my decision had nothing to do with Kawhi's decision, but I think his decision had a lot to do with other people's decisions. So a lot of people were waiting to see where he was going to figure out who had space, who wanted what, and what was going to, you know, where the chips may fall. But I did not know where he was going to sign back to. I did not know what his decision was going to be. But when it happened, that's when it made it easier for myself and others to make our decision. So how about your decision signing with the Lakers? How did that all go down? Uh, They were very interested. They were a team that was interested. There was a couple of teams, a handful of teams that were interested, and they were one of them. Um, It was them, Dallas, and a couple others. But those were the teams I thought in the West uh, that were contenders that I or playoff teams that I could you know make an impact on and, and have a chance to win. And obviously, Lakers said with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, I thought I had the best chance to win. Uh, so once the Kawhi went to the Clippers, um, they were waiting on him as well. Um, then I think they had cap space to sign whoever they, else they wanted, and it opened up for me to to go there. Danny, a great player yourself, but you've played with so many great players. What is it about one player out of all the greats that you played with that just blows your mind? Um, you can choose any player and any attribute they have. There's a lot of guys. They all have different things that blow my mind. They're they're unbelievably impressive in different facets of the game and in the world. Um, some guys don't need a lot of sleep. Some guys eat a lot of candy. Some guys eat healthy. Um, some guys do other things off the court. Uh, but at the end of the day, they all have one thing in common: is that they they work, you know, ultimately uh, to the fullest as as they possibly can, like no other. You know, they're up early they're there early day and night they put in the work they watch a lot of film it's a passion of theirs to be the greatest to, to ever do it so they're you know every day taking care of their bodies taking care of their minds and doing their research doing their homework and, and working on their game so um so there's no real rocket science to it if you want to be great at something you know do what the greats do and they continue to work at what they do and they're very impressive at everything they do and how athletic and explosive and how intelligent they are um you think they're just you know athletes no these guys are these guys are intelligent people so they'll impress you with their iq Considering LeBron's age and his dominance at that age, would that mean that in anything that you just talked about, that he's probably the most disciplined in that respect? There's a reason why he's been the top player to do it for 17 years, 18 years, and why he's still at a very high level at year 18 is because of how disciplined he is and taking care of his mind, body, and doing his homework. If he didn't do those things, we wouldn't be having these conversations. Danny, while you were a Laker uh, tragedy struck January 26, 2020. A helicopter crash. It's still not easy to talk about it. I'm sure it's very difficult for yourself. Nine aboard who all lost their life, including Kobe Bryant and his daughter, Jana. Can you begin to explain to us, the public, how hard it hit the Laker family and how hard it was to actually play through it? Um, I, I can't even begin to explain how hard it was. Um, it was extremely hard, but words don't do it. Uh, any type of justice of how tough it was for the the organization and the people that were there during his tenure and that knew him. Um, and I said, I knew him briefly uh, and the guys that knew him personally, um, how tough it was. And and to play through that next game after watching the tribute. And then obviously you said we had to go uh, to the, let's say the funeral, but you know, everybody had the thing at the stable center where we got a chance to another tribute to him um, it was tough. It was extremely hard. So, uh, 
that was one of the hardest games I ever to play play in in my life. Um, it was like an out of body experience where I didn't feel like myself when I was out there shooting the ball. Um, and said because of all the emotions that were going through everybody's bodies in that arena during that day. Um, so I don't think the basketball world has yet to still recover from that. And, you know, we lost a, a great and he'll forever be remembered, forever be um, thought of when you speak of the game or the NBA or, or basketball. And he'll forever be remembered in that organization throughout the whole league. And said he'll forever be uh, one of those things that people will never get over. You end up winning the championship that year with the Lakers, your third championship for yourself. Uh, what a beautiful tribute that was to Kobe. Uh, but but how do you, when you look back on your three championships, um, what do they mean to you? How different were they? They're all very different, man, but they mean the world to me. Uh, they're all very special. There is no one better than the other. Uh, when you're a five-year-old kid in the backyard dreaming of playing an NBA one day and shooting, you know, counting down, you know, five, four, three, two, one, and making a game-winning basket, um, and you think of being on that stage um, and winning a championship, that that's when you actually achieve it. You get you go back to childhood and you think about you know the 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 work that you put in the hours, the process it took for you to get there, and, and you know just how extremely uh, I guess satisfied you are at being able to achieve a goal that you uh, and accomplish something that you never thought you could ever you know dreamed of doing. Uh, but you you know you thought about it when you were a kid at five years old. So to be able to do that um, said unbelievably hard to even to put in the words how surreal it's unbelievably surreal um it means the world to me each every, every one of them they're all different some obviously different harder to get to than others but all very special and all you said mean the world to me because i'm able to uh make that five-year-old kid proud and, and you know to make his dreams come true obviously you know what it takes to win a championship you won three of them and in that respect you're in very elite company you're now with the 76ers Knowing what it takes to win a championship, how close is this team to winning one? I think we have the pieces. I think we have a lot of the talent to get it done. Uh, we have the mentality. We've been playing well, um, even with uh, people being injured. Um, I think it was just us finding our chemistry and implementing the new guys that we have now and our coaching staff uh, figuring out you know the matchups of who we may match up with. Uh, so I think the biggest thing now is for us to stay healthy. So, but I think we have a really good shot at, at coming out of the East. And once you get there, you don't know what's going to happen. Hey, I'm in Montreal. Last year, you came down for a two-day camp. Uh, pretty cool by you. About you two years. Up, yeah. Will you hit me up the next time you're in Montreal? I'll do my best, man. I'll definitely try to find you. I, I got to get back there first. They let us in. Um, I'll definitely uh, hit you up. I'll say you my number, and I hope that you will. And I'll take you for some good Italian food. Hey, listen, uh, I, I read something about someone posting on social media uh, that their 94-year-old grandma uh, mm -hmm took to a notepad to write down her favorite players in the NBA at mm -hmm. uh, one player for each team. And you were her favorite player with the 76ers. And shortly thereafter, she received a Philadelphia 76er Jersey um, autographed by you, Danny green, your Jersey. I also saw that in the last week or so a um, million dollar donation to UNC for their scholarship fund. You sound like a really good guy to me, man. What a role model you are. Good for you. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm doing what I can while I can, man. And uh, you got to keep, you got to take care of the grandmas. Um, and you got to take care of the youth, man. So that the kids that are coming after me uh, that need a scholarship, I try to help as much as much as I can, uh, especially my university. That's meant everything to me and got to take care of said, our, our elderly, especially the, the best fan, they're the best fans in the world, man, our, our grandma. So we got to uh, make sure that they're taken care of. So thank you, man. Uh, I've been honored. I've been blessed to be able to put in that position and uh, given that opportunity to do so. Um, but I'm only doing what I, what, what I can when I can. 
you said you loved going to Toronto. It was one of your favorite cities. Mm-hmm. I hope you enjoyed Montreal when you came last year. And I once did. your career is over, can you help get Montreal a basketball team, please? I'll try my best, man. Trust me. I did love visiting Montreal, and I hope they do get a basketball team because I would love to visit more often. He is Danny Green inside the green room with Danny Green. Offers an inside look into the life of current NBA veteran Danny Green, co-hosted by Danny Green and Harrison Sanford. The duo uncover the stories of an NBA player who has won NBA titles and a national championship, but at one point found himself fighting for a spot in the league. He's Danny Green. You can check it out on YouTube and all social media podcasts. And this is the Sick Podcast. I'm Marinero. You can check us out on all social media platforms as well. Facebook and Instagram at the Sick Podcast. Danny Green. I hope you win another NBA championship. Thanks for doing this, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. He is the money man from three-point land. He's Danny Green. I'm Marinero. It's the Sick Podcast. Thanks, Danny. Thank you. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet. Win. Get paid.